Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, thanks for listening to the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 185. Coaches are people too, you know. Coming up, we're going to talk about the firing of Josh McDaniels as head coach of the Raiders from a guy who was there, JT, who's worked for the Raiders since the 90s. Over the years, JT has gotten to know Gruden and Shell and Norv Turner, Josh McDaniels, sometimes their wives and children. Always hard to say goodbye, or sometimes you don't even have a chance to say goodbye to people who you've gotten to know. In the football business, sometimes that's how it happens. Other businesses as well. Always sucks when you don't say get to say goodbye to somebody that you like. It's the Raiders story from a personal and professional perspective. Brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag. The NBA is back, and who's going to win the NBA championship? This year, well, you can get some good odds on futures. Will it be the Bucks, the Suns, the Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, or the Boston Celtics? It's a lot to choose from. NFL action going on. Got Week Eight coming up. It's always fun to bet on the NFL. God, there's some tough games to bet on this week, though. And the best game of the week is in Europe, so that doesn't help. Because, you know, you never know what's going to happen when they're playing over in Germany and London and everything else. Although you got the Cowboys and the Eagles in Philadelphia. It could be argued that that's the best game of the week. Nevertheless, it's always fun to bet on the best game of the week. At Bet Online, go to Bet Online. Type in the promo code BLEAV, believe. And if you haven't signed up before, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Just for being friends with JT and Looney at Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. Well, all my platforms are popping today. Oh, of course they are. (laughs) I wonder why. Yeah, let's get into this. I never enjoy these days where people I know get fired and get replaced. And today, the breaking news. Last night on Halloween, I got the call before the announcement was made that Dave Ziegler, GM of the team, Josh McDaniels, were relieved of their duties as the general manager and head coach of the Raiders. And... You know, you never like to hear that because you believe in people, you believe in a system, you want everybody to be on the same page, but it had to happen. Uh, The Raiders' offense was brutal beyond belief, and when you have an offensive head coach who's an offensive play caller and you have the 31st offense in football, you just can't continue to go forward. So, you know, Mark Davis made a really bold, quick decision because he knew it wasn't going to get turned around, unfortunate for the gentleman who I know that got relieved. Yeah, and it's got to be strange when you have, you're in a position that very few other people are. And that is in this instant information world that we live in, you actually knew something before everyone else in the world. It's got to be, it's got to keep secrets, and I suck at keeping secrets. <laughs> other than sports, you know what I'm good at keeping secrets? I'm good at keeping secrets. When my job's on the line, I was just going to say that. (laughs) Not when I have, you know, not when I have my vodka sodas and I'm in the lobby of a rock concert. Right. I'm a blabbermouth. I'm a blabbermouth. I'll tell you about anything. But, you know, it's not my job. You know, today, which is Wednesday, Antonio Pierce won the press conference. Oh, my God. Let me read you the new head coach, the interim head coach of the Raiders is Antonio Pierce. And he played for the Giants 
and won a Super Bowl with the New York football giants when they beat the undefeated Patriots. Remember that team? Oh, yeah. This is what Antonio Pierce said in the press conference. Quote, I grew up in Compton. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with N.W.A., talking straight out of Compton, rocking Raider hats. I can tell you one thing that's never <laughs> been said in a press conference, in the history of press conferences. And that's I said, great. man. That's great. And, again, you know, I'm the guy who talks to the coach, and I've brought that up before. I don't need a juice box for that. But you know, for, I don't think I've been traumatized by this because it's part of my job, but I don't know anybody who's done what I've had to do. John Gruden got let go. The Raiders were 5-2 and two and really doing well. And John Gruden is a very, very good friend of mine. I mean, yeah. I go way back with John Gruden. So one day I'm with him, and then the next day, the next day I'm interviewing Rich Passaccia on a TV set as a new interim coach of the Raiders. He takes the Raiders to the playoffs. He isn't retained. I interviewed Josh McDaniels all of last year, all of this year through up till this week, and now I'll sit down with Antonio Pierce, and I just get paid to ask questions and try to be a bridge between the audience and the head coach to talk about football games, mostly the football game upcoming, normally not the football game behind us, but the reason Josh McDaniels got fired was the magnitude of the losses. Year one, five collapses, five double-digit leads in the second half. That's never happened in NFL history. We touched on that. He lost to an interim head coach named Jeff Saturday from the Indianapolis Colts. He lost to Baker Mayfield less than 24 hours after Baker Mayfield got a playbook. And then he ends up losing to Tyson Bagent, a Division II coach. And then on Monday Night Football this past Monday, they can't even get a first down against the Detroit Lions and oh nothing. That's on Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman watching going, what's going on? So the writing was on the wall. I wish Coach McDaniels and Dave Ziegler the best going forward. Just unfortunate that this had to happen, but it was probably the right. It was definitely the right move. You know, there is a lot of books written, movies made about the joy of being in a winning locker room and whole documentaries about Michael Jordan and the six championships and being on that run. But what is it like when you are uh, losing? What is it like uh, when you're riding that train? Well, it's tough because when you're riding that train and you're losing, everything is magnified, right? So everything's magnified when you lose a game. Why did you lose? Why isn't the offensive line blocking better? What happened to the leading rusher? Why is Devontae Adams throwing his helmet at the end of the game down in disgust? Why is Josh Jacobs saying, don't ask me, I'm not paid to coach the team? What happens is when losing begins to happen, it's a disease, that gets into a locker room and the people that have to get it out of the locker room are guys like Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacob. They're called captains. And there's a reason they vote on captains and those captains have a big C on their NFL jersey because they're supposed to stop the disarray when it's happening. They're supposed to see it happen and lead by example. And to Josh McDaniel's credit, they were okay with that. That wasn't a problem in the locker room. Of course there was doubt and questioning, but there wasn't guys yelling at the coach and separating Mm -hmm. the coach, and the coach ran good practices. There was a disconnect with an offensive play caller that I, I at times, really thought was close to a Michelangelo and a genius in the Patriot days, 
And he came in with the justification to get a head coaching job again. He had it in Denver, lost that job, turned down other opportunities, but he waited, waited, waited to come to Las Vegas and then got all these weapons and all of a sudden couldn't coach these this group to success. And when you cannot keep a team competitive, your job's on the line. Yeah. I don't care how well you own, know the owner, how well the GM likes you. This was a package deal with two friends, the GM and the coach. But they couldn't save their job because the offense led by Devontae Adams, Jimmy Garoppolo, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, couldn't get a first down. Literally forgot how to run plays on third and five. Like third and three were going into false starts, third and 13, 10-yard penalties, and going backwards. And then they get to the red zone and threw the ball to anyone other than Devontae Adams, who should have got three of the targets. And you sit there and you scratch your head and go, is this a control thing? Like do it my way or the highway? I think that Josh McDaniels had a plan and the plan failed. Mark Davis, my friend and boss, had a plan. The plan failed, and Mark is really in touch with his players, the fans, and saw how toxic toxic this was getting and didn't want to deal with it not only the rest of the year but the offseason. He wants to get a head start on fixing it, and that's why he did that yesterday. You've never been a head coach in the NFL, but you know some of the duties go far beyond being a coordinator if you were a great coordinator. A lot of it's also mundane with tickets for family and friends and lots of different stuff you got to do. But why so often there are legendary coordinators who became head coaches and Michelangelo's like Norv Turner, Josh McDaniel, Bill Arnsbarger back in the day uh, who couldn't do it as a head coach. And there's a lot more on that list. I'll throw out those three. Why? What's the difference? Let's look at Lane Kiffin now. He was the Raiders head coach. He's considered one of the best play callers in college. He didn't forget how to coach. It has to do with personnel. It has to do with your vision. It has to do with the way you run practices, the way your team travels, the schedule that they're on. And Coach McDaniel said a lot to me in private and on the air. It was a lack of execution. They ran every play perfectly in practice. If they didn't, they ran it again. And then they looked at it on film and corrected it. But there was a disconnect once they got – to the game. And then once the game started, I thought they were very conservative. I didn't think they played with the resource of having fun. They didn't play aggressive. The one thing I regret about Josh McDaniels was the fact that he really never called clutch plays. I think he's been a clutch play caller. If you look at Brady, everyone says it was Brady. No, it wasn't. It was Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Teddy Bruschi, Richard Seymour, Okay, it was great players, Mike Vrabel, all were coached by Belichick, McDaniels, all these guys, and they executed better, and they were prepared. And when it got to calling the play, Tom Brady obviously made it look easier. So they decided to get rid of Derek Carr after nine years of not winning a playoff game, and they went with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was really the big part of the failure. Jimmy Garoppolo was benched today, officially, for Aiden O'Connell, And Jimmy's been beat up a lot. He had a surgery in the offseason. He missed a lot of the preseason on the field, not in the film room. And I was wrong on Jimmy Garoppolo. I really thought that Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a good player and won a lot of games in this league, four playoff games, led a team to the Super Bowl, would be better. And the coach and the quarterback were never on the same page with Devontae Adams.
Yeah, it's just so tough too because you take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo and all he did it all he did at San Francisco when he was healthy was win. And so I'm I I just assumed that the Raiders thought, well, that's the magic ingredient there. Oh, they did. Let me stop and, you. They yeah. did. I talked to Mark Davis today. He called me at home. I spent 30 minutes on the phone with him about his plan. The plan was very sound. It was a good plan. Plans happen like this every day. Yeah. It happens at Tesla, Facebook, Apple, Bank of America, JetBlue Airline, Boeing. Every day. They people come I in can tell you from experience it happens in the restaurant business. Yeah, people come in and they come in every night in a restaurant business, good example, and they have a plan. And then yeah. they try to execute that plan. And when the plan doesn't work, you can run that plan until the business goes into the ground, or you can change it. And I give a lot of credit, and people say, well, I'm always going to give Mark Davis credit. He signs my paychecks. No. The the conversation we had was he took a chance with what he thought was right, really backed the guys, backed the team, gave them anything they want, man. He spent a million dollars on this team to go to West Virginia for a week to prepare for the Buffalo Bill game where they got slaughtered. And then they went to Chicago, and they stayed on the uh, on basically – the, the, the nicest hotel in all of Chicago, the JW Marriott, felt like you were on in vacation in a movie, spent all this money, gave the team, the coaches, the GM, the resources to do it, doesn't get in the way, doesn't get in the way at all, and says, go win. And when they didn't win this time, he saw something from talking to the players. The only reason Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler got fired is they lost in Chicago. Because if they didn't lose in Chicago, they would have been 4-3. and three. They would have lost to Detroit. They would have been four and four. I think they would have beat the Giants and the Jets to be six and four. No one's getting fired. Okay, maybe at the end of the year, if they hit a tailspin, Jim Harbaugh becomes available. This coach becomes available. They make a change. I'm not saying that wouldn't have happened. But what happened in the last two weeks was so embarrassing to the brand, so embarrassing to offensive football, the way we study it and follow it, and we're just fans, that a change abruptly had to be made and Mark Davis made it the year that the Super Bowl's in Vegas. There's a lot of eyes on Vegas and Allegiant Stadium. And it was a really tough decision. And I wish it didn't have to happen, but it had to happen, and he made the call. Before I even knew what I was doing in the restaurant business, we opened up a 24-hour coffee house in Venice, and everybody came. It was so busy, it got complaints from the neighbors. We had to move to a better location, move to a better location, which was still kind of a shitty location. Everybody came. Celebrities came. It was a wild success. So what we decided to do was reinvest the money and get a really decent location. Now that we know what we're doing, we didn't even know what we were doing, and it was a great success. Now that we know what we're doing and how to do it, went to a better location in Santa Monica, Lincoln Boulevard, a much better-looking place, better location. Nobody came. <laughs> it, wasn't the other, it wasn't the other two places. You can have the best plan, better players, et cetera, Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, and I don't normally do this here on this platform. I like to save the Raiders stuff for what I did today, Raiders yeah. Roundtable. I know a lot of people connect me to the team, but I hope people connect me to sports and just talking about life and sports, especially on the JT and Looney podcast. But when I got that call last night and I was on the phone with one of my bosses, I felt for Dave Ziegler and his kids and his wife. Yeah. I met who moved here from New England and had to get to school and get jobs and put their kids in school where they didn't know anybody. And it's a business and they're going to make a lot of money on the way out and get paid. But that's the one thing I'd like everybody to take away on this edition of the podcast is people's livelihoods. You know, athletes make a lot of money 
a lot of money, and coaches normally make a lot of money. I know some coaches who are in the NFL ranks, but they're not head coaches. They were offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, quality control. They don't make as much money as you think. And when you have to turn to your wife and say, we're good, we're getting paid to the end of the year, but we're gone. I don't know which coach is going to bring me in. I think I have a coach in that city. I worked with that coach six years ago. He respects me. And you look to your wife and kids and go, we're going. That's real. And that's what happened last yeah. night. And, and guess what happens, too? I, I love that you're mentioning this because the human element. Guess what happens, too, sometimes? The wife says, no, we're not. You are. And finally, you know, and then the Dungies stay in Tampa Bay and dad goes and coaches in Indianapolis. I'm just picking yeah. out him because that's one that I know. But I'm sure that that's not the only one. Matter of fact, there's dozens and dozens of examples. I just remember when he, he lived in Tampa Bay when he coached in Indianapolis. Yeah. Finally, they, the wife and kids don't want no, You're not taking me out of school again, are you? And it's not up to the kids. It's up to the mom that decides finally to say, no, we're staying here. And we like these schools. And I fully support you in your career. And I'll see you a couple of days a week until the kids are out of high school. That happens a lot, too. Yeah, in my 25 years with the team, I commuted 17 of them. 17, I got on a plane twice a week. Again, don't need a juice box for that or pat right. on the back. But when I met a lot of these I have coaches, a small trophy that I'll, when I come to Vegas, I'll you. give you. Not plastic, please, Tiffany, if you can get it. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I got to the building, and an interesting story with, these last, with this last GM and coach, the first time I met them, the first thing they did, they were like, they're younger than me. And they looked right. at me and they're like, you won the smack off. <laughs> oh, man. And it was I'm like, OK, here we go. But they meant it and we like had a bond. It was pretty cool. And the last thing I said to the coach, I think one of the last things I remember is he asked me, he goes, you still uh, fill in for Jim Rome. That must be cool. And we had that conversation one on one. And it was real. You know, it's a one guy to another guy. But I wanted to give you a movie analogy. Because you're very good at this. You can handle okay. all analogies. How many great movies were made where someone had an idea for a movie and then they went on the lot and they pitched it to a major movie production house? It's Paramount, Universal, and then it gets greenlit. And then a producer gets brought in and a director and a cinematographer. And all, they, all of them get in there and they have a budget. And then the movie gets shot on location. Then all of a sudden, the movie studio says, you're over budget. You're over budget. We're not, what, what are you doing? No, cut this out. Cut that out. We're not going to do this. If you watch the Godfather movie that just came out, which was unbelievable, one of my favorites, and, and you look at everything that was in to put into that movie or other movies, sometimes the studio calls in the producer and fires them, and they bring in someone from the lot who can get the picture done. And look, just get it fucking done on budget, we're over budget, and we got to deliver this. And the person who had the idea, the producer who made the movie and the director, don't make it. They don't make it to the, the opening night in the screening because they're oh, let yeah. go. Yeah. It was a business decision. And I hate oh, to and use that another, analogy. Oh, oh no, the, here's why it's an analogy. Let's add another one, too. I did it with the restaurant business. More people can relate to the movies. You can also have the best laid plans, an incredible script, an unbelievable story, and bring in Academy Award winner like Kevin Costner. He just won for Dances with Wolves. We've got Waterworld. The whole world turns to water, and he survives. And 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 where they spent more money and that, at that time than any picture in the history of motion pictures, and it failed. They had a great plan with a great actor and a great script. Nobody went. 
Yeah, this analogy of what's happening now to Josh McDaniels, and let's just stay with him for a second, right. how Antonio Pierce takes over the Raiders. When he came into the press conference today, it was interesting. guy by the name of Champ Kelly is the interim GM, and he, you could just tell on his face. He, he went out of his way. He's such a good guy to thank Dave Ziegler, the GM, somebody he worked with, and naming their wives and the kids right. who were let go. And it, it was heavy on his mind. And then they went to Antonio Pierce, who's the football player, the former tough linebacker who coached Long Beach Poly High School recently. And he won the press conference by basically saying, NWA, Compton, Raiders, we're going to have fun. We're going to win. Everyone knows my mood. I know everybody else. And you just saw the football side of it. And the real business side of it is the Raiders play the New York Giants on Sunday. Giants have had two losses this year that are the two top two or at least on Mount Rushmore of their all-time losses. And this is a franchise that have won eight world championships, four Super Bowls and four NFL championships. And they don't give a shit. They don't care what's happening in the Raiders building today. They don't care that there was a coaching change. They're trying to win a game. And what's great about professional sports is you got to go right back to work and win. And from NFL Network and Compass Media Networks and all the platforms, uh, a gal by the name who I work with, Amber Theo Harris, made a great comparison of what happened here with the Raiders. Devontae Adams to Kobe Bryant, who you covered very closely many Mm -hmm. times. When the game was on the line, everybody knew home or on the road, Kobe was getting the last touch. It wasn't even a thought. The same with Jordan. Jordan passed it to Paxson and Kerr like once, and they hit big shots. But Kobe, Kobe didn't pass the ball. It was nope. going to Kobe, and he was going to The kidney do it. stone offense refused to pass. When this Raiders offense had one completion in an entire Monday night game to Devontae Adams, and they missed him three times for wide-open touchdowns, the coach got fired because of that. The coach was relieved, the same coach who called plays for Randy Moss and Tom Brady because his players didn't execute what he wanted to do or maybe didn't want to do and stress better. Get the ball to the star, get him it often, hopefully he catches it, hopefully you throw it correctly. When you go from a team that should have been top five offense, minimum top 10, and you go to 31st and you're 32nd in a category and 30th in two categories, you're going to lose your job. And the question is, do you, did you want Josh McDaniels to lose his job at the end of the year, which was 100% going to happen if they didn't turn it around? Or do you want him to lose it on a Tuesday night, Wednesday, and hope that it turns an entire fan base and franchise around? That's what this topic is all about. It's a hardcore business. Uh, people are affected, but people are paid. And most of them go on in life and they go on to bigger and better things and they go on to further success. But tough for a day like this today. My head's rattled because I knew it was coming. I thought it was coming soon, but I didn't think it would happen on Halloween night. And before the next time, it's a great point. That you So many great points you make, but about the human element. The next time before you make a sign about firing somebody or yell at an owner about firing somebody, or to GM, remember that uh, that somebody does have a significant other and many times children and who've had already had to move 16 times in the past 17 years. And it's, uh, you know, one time, some, sometimes I think when we see people in movies on television, we forget 
that they're not cartoons. They're not animated figures on movies and televisions. They're real human beings. And sometimes people like you know them and you don't even get a chance to say goodbye. A lot of times they're gone. Bam. Yeah. uh, I wrote a book called the handoff about my mentor and your dear friend, Andrew Ashwood. And you think about jobs. I want to, we can maybe tie this podcast up with a topic. We think we're really good at. And what we like to talk about is jobs. Mm -hmm. I've said this because of COVID everyone defines you by your job. I hate that about my life. I don't want people to define me by my job ever. And most people do. How's your job? How's your podcast? How's your job? No, right. No, ask me how I'm doing. I don't want to be defined by my job. I want to be defined by my wife and my sons and my mom and dad, my sisters and my family. That's how I want to be defined. Good or wrong. Amen. And the thing about Andrew and the handoff is when he was dying of terminal cancer and we were fighting like hell to save his life, man, there were dreams. We were there. And I, at one point he looked at me and he knew he knew someone was trying to get his job behind his back. And it's something I've never talked about. And I didn't really even put it in the book. And I remember looking at him in his eyes and I said, who cares? Who cares? We got a job to do. We're trying to save your life, man. We're trying to, you know, winning is the only option. Shrinkage, because we're trying to shrink this tumor he had in his stomach for his only chance to survive is removing the tumor and maybe he would live. I'll never forget that day. And he looked at me and he said, no, 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 no. Uh, this is happening and this is happening. And I'm hearing about this. And I looked at him and I grabbed him and I said, stop. I'll take care of that. I- I'll fix that or I'll try to handle that. You focus on your life, your health and your family and what we have to do. And I go back to it. Why am I tying that into today? I saw a couple of people lose their job. I saw a couple of people really excited to have a new opportunity who care for the people who lost their jobs. I got multiple jobs. You're thriving in all of your jobs. Just remember, it's only a job. Right. You can have right. other jobs in life, and no one should define you because you got fired midseason at the end of the year. You were part of the Black Monday. You're a coach here. Now you're back to being a special teams coach. Oh, my God, life's coming to the end. You're going to be an offensive coordinator instead of a head coach. Considering what's happening in the world today, if you turn on your television, this is sports. And people go from job to job to job to job. And life is much bigger than that. Well, and I had a friend also who worked for a major franchise that everyone would recognize even uh, many times around the world. And uh, he wasn't quite so sure if he wanted to continue to work for that organization for the dream job that he had and that everybody wanted. But kind of was annoying his wife and they had kids, the young kids to raise. And I said, everybody needs a pair of shoes. Everybody in the world does. There's, there's nothing undignified about selling shoes. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you don't have to worry that your next job doesn't include a camera and a microphone. And it does bother people who do what we do when our, sometimes our next job isn't something as glamorous as the last one but you there's there's nothing ennoble about any kind of work and you know bringing home the bacon and you know the couple of shows i went on today i was on with rich gannon on nfl Ah. radio that was a big hit and i went on scott kaplan's show in san diego i'm going on another one after this and uh, you people always want the answer which i'm okay with that i I interview people for a living what Mm. what's the reason this happened why did this happen So as we're wrapping up this conversation on the Raiders making a coaching change, 
and a front office change, it happened because the perception was failure. It wasn't going right. It was going horribly wrong with a bunch of really good players on a team that should be performing better. The head coach and the GM take the hit for that. That's it. Uh, we're, in the, we're in the business of radio. When ratings go down, we've worked with some great program directors and scoundrels, and they normally take the hit before yep. the talent does. And then yep. a really good radio talent that had nothing to do with the failure of a station could get let go because he's or she's made the scapegoat. Right. The station well, or or the new guy wants his own quarterback. Ooh, don't, get, don't get into that topic. Yeah. The new guy wants his own guy. Yeah. yeah. And the new guy, and when I say quarterback, could be a new morning guy or a new afternoon guy. The new guy wants his guy. And that, that happens quite often is they don't see the magic in that popular person who's on in the morning, afternoon, and night. They don't hear it because they've got their own built-in bias, just like a coach has a built-in bias about his son playing quarterback rather than the guy who plays quarterback a lot better. What y'all love, because we can tell this, remember, you got to like, you got to subscribe. We put this on the YouTube channel. We've done oh. a lot. Looney tweets it out. He finally got his Twitter right. It's Looney on TV. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's yes. on TV as the penny. Everything's going great for us. Yes. And one more thing to remember, too. What was What was last night all about? Last night was all about today. It's all Hallows Eve. And today mm. is about, though, I have my dad on my shirt. My dad, who died Ooh. when I was four. That's my dad. I didn't know that. That's my dad, because this is the day. It's All Souls Day, a holy day of obligation. I know you're going to church later. All Souls Day, when we remember the faithfully departed. That's what All Hallows Eve is about. It's about today, the day of the dead. I love that shirt. I'm looking at Thank it you. now. If you're listening, it's a great shirt. If you're watching, you can see Looney's dad. And, yeah. you know, your dad, who left us when you were very, very young, has had a big impact on your life with your brother. And instead of looking back, you've gone forward with your life. And he'd be so proud of you, like your mom, Toots, who Thank recently you. passed. She was proud of you and your brother. But, you know, that's that's pretty deep that and you one, wear his image on your shirt. Uh, yeah, I always do it on November 1st. And another thing, too, that's why I will always have the back of a broadcaster named Collinsworth or Albert or Buck. When sons of broadcasters become broadcasters, people get upset or sons or daughters of actors. People are getting upset about nepotism. I never got to do what my dad did. So I told him mean, the sons of policemen and firemen want to be policemen and firemen. And the son of prison guards where I grew up became prison guards. People want to do what their dad did. And I will never knock that. When I see it. Well, and I've told you on this podcast and off air, I could never live up to my dad. My dad's on the Mount Rushmore of people of right. all time. And, you know, a conservative government accountant with side businesses doing taxes, the greatest little league coach in our community, a great husband, a great father, my two sisters and I, great, oh, amazing grandfather, just like my mom's a great grandmother. But, you know, when you can't live up, you can never live up to that space. So you right. just try to make your own space. I tell my right. sons. You don't got to get into broadcasting. My son is thriving now. He's helping us with other social media platforms. And my youngest son's in college at ASU. Little plug there. <laughs> and you don't. You can look up to your family members and your grandparents and your, your dads and your moms. But make your own path in life. Do it on your own and make sure you're happy with what you're doing. Now I got to get to Get Gotti. Oh, my God. Okay. On Netflix, <laughs> Get Gotti, the backdrop of my youth. 
Okay, I graduated high school in 1983. Oh, my God, was John Gotti killing people, murdering people, lying about it. There were bugs and wires, and it was really the he was the godfather and how he came up through the crime family. And this four-part documentary, Get Gotti, was my life. It was the background of what I had on the local news and the newspaper. I was there for the Teflon Don. I remember reporters were on the scene doing it and it all came back to me the music studio 54 the city the yankees in the 70s into the 80s and Gotti got tripped up because three different agencies found a way to get into these buildings mm-hmm. and these guys would have got killed if they were caught in these buildings and they set up bugs and wires and Gotti was smart with his words and eventually his words took him down he had rats and Sammy the Bull Gravano. Netflix, Get Gotti. Watched it, really liked it. The last two things I watched, Beckham and Get Gotti, have been really entertaining and really good. Worth a watch. You know what else is worth a watch? The season eight of Below Deck Mediterranean. And they're in Italy. <laughs> and I am. It's, it's one of those guilty pleasures, like a hot fudge Sunday, when I'm always I'm telling everyone, eat clean, eat clean, eat clean. But I have a hard time resisting a hot fudge Sunday. Same thing with Below Deck, Captain Sandy and crew in Italy. And it's everything within my wheelhouse. Because for years, I was in the restaurant business, and fancy yachts are all about the food. And we love travel. And they're in Italy. And I love boats, everything from a canoe to the Queen Mary. I used to live on a 52-foot Chris Craft in the marina as a young man. And so um, it's, it's, it's everything in my wheelhouse. And, you know, I was a 20-something working at the Sidewalk Cafe in Venice Beach. And everyone's having everyone's dating each other. And everyone has an opinion about who's dating each other. That's kind of the, the cheap part of the show. But I still can't resist. I get caught up in it. And that, that's what I'm watching. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, well, I know why. I got another <laughs> one of my best friends who watched that, too. Well, Everybody funny. watches it for the hookup. Uh, the the oh, water yeah. scenes are great. The jet skis, the great yeah. dinners. But you know that the chef's going to hook up. Right. With the gal who's on the top deck and all that. You know that's going to happen. And I just hate how fake reality tea has, begun, uh, has become because I was, I was one of the first people. I'm the first man ever in media to watch The View. That's true. <laughs> giving me credit. I'm the first male to ever watch yep. The View. And I've watched some reality TV. I walk by it when my wife is watching The Housewives <laughs> and all of that. But the dumbing down of reality TV now, putting a cast together on The Housewives who are going to fight on purpose. And then they trick all the viewers by saying, oh, they're going to go to the mountains or they're going to go to Cabo. And all the caddy women are going to only fight there. And they have these world global fights and they throw glasses at each other at the highest resorts there, too. I just can't believe how raw and dumb some of these reality. Are they running oh, out of scripts on how to cheat on each other and screw each other over? Well, here's the reason why people like it. And even, you know, sports, sports loving fans try to say that they don't like reality television when that's all we ever watch. NBA was there before cameras. The NFL was there before cameras were pointed at it. And uh, and so every every sport we watch and we love, it was going on before there were cameras live pointing at the event. And that was the, the original reality TV is the reason you and I have a, a you know, make a living sports, baby. 
Yeah, that is reality. As you always say, the toy department, uh, let me say that again, the toy department of radio. Yeah. Uh, oh, the toy sports. department of broadcasting. Yeah. Anytime you have a, a microphone, you get to talk into it and talk about sports or describe a game going on that probably doesn't need describing. You got a cool gig. And the moral of this podcast here is leave people alone on social media when they get fired. Don't wish for people oh, to get man. fired. It's not cool. I mean, if your team's doing really bad, or something's happening, don't be the person, because I've seen this a thousand times, not a hundred times, where the the guy with the thumbs is beating up the coach and using profanity and hating, hating the coach, and then they see him in a restaurant. Can I get a selfie, coach, right here? Can I yeah, get a selfie? right. Yeah. Judge, pe- judge people on how they deal with you one-on-one. And some guys are going to lose jobs, others are going to get jobs, but don't make it personal. And today was over the last couple of days, it's been really personal to be to have a front row seat to a head coach, a human being, a GM, an owner, a team, players, just from a distance but up close from a distance, and to see change. And hopefully what comes out of this is the Raiders or if another team does this, it galvanizes the players to play better and the fans get happier again and they have hope that they're going to win. Well, you make a great point about humanity. George Carlin did a, had, there's a great meme that's not a meme, a great a great video that goes around of him talking about this, which also fits in exactly with our philosophy of life. Is you know when you meet people and you look into their eyes, you can see the universe. It's when we 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 associate people with groups or they become part of groups and we associate them as liberal or conservative or a Raider fan rather than or that bad Raider coach rather than a human being. But if we get to know people one-on-one, none of that other stuff matters. Thanks for listening and watching the JT and Looney podcast. I'll go first with the plug YouTube. There's been some live streams going. Just go to YouTube, JT the Brick YT for YouTube. Get a lot of things, including this podcast on that platform. Oh, Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. We got the number one beer in America is now sponsoring this podcast. So I love that as I'm waiting for checks in the mailbox. No, I'll take cases of beer. I love Modelo, <laughs> the fighting spirit of Modelo. Tom, get your plugs in. We have 339 oh, sure. What are you working on? Yes, Benny on the Penny, NBC regional sports network seen around the country. Check local listings. We usually get the injury report on Wednesday, so we tape the show on Thursdays, and it's it's on your television on Friday, Saturdays, and sometimes Sunday mornings on the East Coast of New York before the games. And Looney on TV, on Twitter, now known as X, changed its name like Prince. And I know you got some things you're going to tease. You got some big things brewing. You oh, yes. Meetings. I love that. You guys in Hollywood take meetings. Yes, I send you the stuff that I'm not, my, my, uh, my, when I have to sign those Stormy Daniels uh, agreements where I'm not supposed <laughs> to talk about stuff, there is a clause there. I get to tell JT. Well, this was a good podcast. We didn't have to talk about the new Speaker of the House. I forgot his name. (laughs) We could stick to sports here. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Thank you for hanging in there, listening to all 38 minutes and 38 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts, Modelo. And any book written by Michael Ryan. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.